Hello, world. I'm Greg Patton. How's the weekend? Let's get her started here. News information, comment. Coming your way. Call a friend. Tell them we're on the air. So how's it going so far this Monday? When you get out of the word? Optimistic about the future? How about tomorrow? What's going to happen? I had the privilege on Friday of interviewing Dr. Dennis Lawrence Cuddy. This guy is a brain in more ways than one. Did that for Southwest Radio Church in <laughs> so many ways I got excited and depressed. Yeah, it was a happy, sad Friday. Oh, Cuddy just talks about how the Nazi takeover of America, basically, is what he's saying. And power elite and who's really running America. And uh, you and I have no idea. You don't know what you don't know. And if you did, just scare you to death. Talk about conspiracy if you want. The guy right on target in so many areas. And he said it really doesn't matter for the most part whether Democrats are in or Republicans are in, uh, a.k.a. the Illuminati. Ought to do a little study on that, my friend. Yeah, this is, uh, you know where our hope is? It's not in a party or a person, but in Almighty God, the author and the finisher of our faith. So in all these days, he's coming soon. Jesus is. Get yourself ready. Don't be too discouraged or encouraged by what happens tomorrow in politics. Yep, he is coming soon, my friend. What in the world is going on? This is it. Eight billion. Count them. Eight billion people. It's a momentous milestone for all of humanity. So says the United Nations Population Fund, hailing an increase in life expectancy and fewer maternal and child deaths. Yeah, they say they realize this moment might not be celebrated by everyone on Earth, some express concern that our world is overpopulated, and we're here to say the United Nations clearly that the sheer number of human lives is not a cause for fear in the world today. So are there too many of us on earth? Many experts say that this is the wrong question. Instead of the fear of overpopulation, we should focus on the overconsumption of the planet's resources by the wealthiest people among us. That, by the way, is you. Of course. Are you really concerned about that, my friend? Nah, me either. Well, tomorrow being the big, big day, it's kind of like the Super Bowl. It is a game, isn't it? First, the numbers. Billionaires have poured more money than ever into the midterms this year, and they're giving the GOP a boost in races that Democrats thought that they'd blocked up. American billionaires have funneled $880 million into the elections as of last week, accounting for a 7.4% of all money raised by federal candidates, political parties, and political action committees, the PACs. That, according to Americans for Tax Fairness, which analyzes data compiled by the campaign finance watchdog Open Secrets. Most of the spending has come from Republican billionaires. Well, they're saying the outcome of tomorrow's midterm elections could be influenced by something the government has little control over. The cost of filling up your gas tank. Since the 1970s, presidential approval ratings have tended to sag when gas prices rise, and that correlation has been especially pronounced this year as inflation has run rampant and gas prices have spiked. The Washington Post found that the share of Americans who said the country was on the right track has moved remarkably in sync with the gas prices. Oh, I keep saying it. Trouble ain't trouble till it hits me. 
Some mayors have been ousted because of trash pickup in days gone by. Yeah, it's, it's a crazy world, politics. So if Americans take Democrats at their word, anything less than a total Democratic victory tomorrow is going to threaten freedom and the future of the United States of America and all that nonsense. Democrats are prepared to act immediately to prevent that from happening. Specifics? Well, let's go to acting President Ron Klain. He's the White House Chief of Staff. You didn't know that. He says Joe Biden's speech Wednesday, that's the final warning. Must we vote Democrat or go to prison? Is voting against the Democrat a capital offense in America? If national survival is at stake, as Ron Klain claims it is, and Joe Biden has said so repeatedly, what are those Democrats prepared to do if the election results reject their candidates tomorrow? What's the plan? You know, this is the second time Joe Biden has delivered a speech that insults and attacks half of the nation, you. He has deliberately framed the issue to convince citizens that they're going to be enslaved and their freedoms all taken away if Republicans win. When the decibel level of political conversation simultaneously reaches these historical highs and intellectual lows, we are in big, big trouble in America, but you know that already, right? Well, this one shouldn't surprise anyone. California Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom has signed a new state law that allows medical boards to punish, punish those doctors who give medical advice counter to their leftist consensus on the pandemic. Assembly Bill 2098 states that it shall constitute unprofessional conduct for a physician and surgeon to disseminate misinformation or disinformation related to COVID-19. Well, who decides that? Moron. Well, what's this one all about? A record number are crossing the southern border to live in Mexico. Uh, this is a reverse. We're talking about Americans going to Mexico. More than 8,000 U.S. citizens issued temporary resident visas to live in Mexico for the first nine months of this year. That's an 85% increase over the same period of 2019, the highest reverse migration figure since stats were first compiled in 2010. Mexico City is the place they want to be. Many U.S. citizens heading south with about 19% choosing the capital city over popular Mexico spots like Puerto Vallarta and Cancun. And not all of those transplants are temporary. The number of U.S. citizens granted permanent residency in Mexico is up 50% over 2019. Really? What is that all about? Wow, it must be desperation time. For the most part, are, are Democrats for or against guns, huh? Uh, you you got to do whatever. The end justifies the means. The Democratic candidate for U.S. Senate in Ohio pulled out the big guns in a recent ad that he did. He pulled out a gun, real gun, attempting to impress undecided Ohio voters with his marksmanship. <laughs> oh, you can tell this guy's never shot a gun before in his life. The video is the NRA even said things not to do when shooting a weapon. He then shows the alleged target with bullseyes and says, not bad for a Democrat. Good grief, Charlie Brown. Oh, some people are so stupid. Okay, where is Dinesh D'Souza's 2,000 mules? I need to watch it again. 
A Florida woman, get this now, Florida woman arrested and charged with voting crimes on Friday. The voter who is registered as a Democrat is accused of voting in multiple states. Imagine that, has done that in several elections since 2014. Her name's Cheryl Ann Leslie, charged with two counts of casting more than one ballot in an election, and both really are third-degree felonies. Did you know that? Being investigated, she is for voting fraud regarding the 2020 general election. The investigation was spearheaded by the Florida Department of Law Enforcement Election Crime Unit and the Florida Secretary of State's Office of Election Crimes and Security. A new office created by Governor Ron DeSantis, by the way, to investigate election crimes. They're rampant. These people try to tell you it's not happening. Yeah, they're nuttier and pet coons. And it just keeps climbing and climbing. No big winner in Saturday night's Powerball jackpot, drawing a record-breaking jackpot. The size is swelled ahead of tonight's drawing. Unbelievable. $1.9 billion. Elon Musk, he wants you back. Just days after cutting 50% of his workforce, Twitter's been asking some employees who were laid off to come back to work, please. That, according to Bloomberg. Some were reportedly laid off by mistake, while leaders realized that other employees who are cut are needed to create some new features that Musk wants to launch. We need you. Speaking of those new features, Twitter has reportedly delayed the rollout of its $8 per month verification program, at least till after the midterms. If you're one of those baseball fans, the Houston Astros won the 2022 World Series Saturday night, beating the Philadelphia Phillies in Game 6, 4-1. The championship-clinching victory came on the back of a sixth-inning three-run homer by Jordan Alvarez that traveled 450 feet, a monster home run. And Dusty Baker, I've always liked him. He played in the league for 19 seasons, coached five teams across 30 years, and he won his first championship ever as a manager. That's good. But as we think of the election tomorrow, midterms, do you recall Ronald Reagan's funniest story ever? He considered it his best ever. Really good. Has to do with pastors and politicians. (laughs) They both die. They go to heaven. St. Peter meets them, takes them to their appropriate mansions for... The pastor, just a room, a bed, a table. Pastor stepped inside, closed the door. St. Peter, he moves on down with the the politician. Uh, The politician is presented with, well, one of the most beautiful homes ever seen by mankind. It is indeed a mansion. And the politician is flabbergasted. Wait a minute, he said. This is incredible. But I got to tell you, I don't get this at all. The pastor serving mankind down there on earth, he gets a a room with a a bed and a table. I get this mansion. What is the deal? St. Peter's, oh, this place is overrun by pastors. This is the first time we've ever had a politician. (laughs) Okay. And finally, who said that? Doesn't matter. Just so good. Why wish upon a star when you can pray to the one who created the stars? How about this one? And gradually, though no one remembers exactly how it all happened, the unthinkable becomes the tolerable, 
and then it becomes acceptable, and then it becomes legal, and then it becomes applaudable. Johnny Erickson Tata said that. This year day, anniversary, birthday, happy, happy, happy. We like to say that to all of our Facebook and radio friends. Someone told me the other day they were shocked to see there was no Indian on the Land of Lakes butter. Hey, $7 a pound for butter. Don't worry, there's no Indian on it anymore, so it's not offensive to you. How's that build back better working out for you? Oh, it's a strange, strange world, isn't it? Huh? Where's my Bible? Life 101, right after this important message. Hey, just want to say thank you for listening to Hello World every day, Monday through Friday, for telling your friends about it, for praying for us. For those of you that support us, wow, a big kiss. Huh? Thank you. And to this Christian radio station for carrying the broadcast, that's a big deal. We wouldn't be on the air. So grateful. Things got started at WHCB 91.5. So a big thank you to Ken Hill, Matthew Hill, and the team down there. Just fantastic. Love sharing news, information, and comment every day at this time, and, and certainly sharing the Word of God. This is just a special time for me. And again, so grateful to you. Join me on Facebook, Greg, Jerry G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. I would be honored. So let me ask you, have you ever watched people endure painful burdens and heartaches in life? Sure you have. If so, you may have noticed that some face trials with remarkable positive attitudes, while, while others seem to be shattered even by small difficulties. Since no one's life is entirely free of trouble, hardship, it's important to understand how God wants you to bear them, my friend. Really, there are three different sources for struggles that we encounter. Sometimes there are situations we bring upon ourselves, been there, done that, while other times there are purely the work of the devil. You know that's true. And some of these things come directly from the hand of God. People struggle with that one. Our challenges vary greatly. A single Christian mom may have the awesome responsibility of raising kids in an ungodly world that seeks to destroy those kids. An angry misunderstanding may leave the head of the household without a job. Or a past sin can result in deep scars of guilt that weigh a person down. Regardless of the type of problem or its source, the question is, how do we handle these burdens that come our way? Don't you want to know that? I do. Jesus never vows to totally remove our difficulty, but he promises to deal with our trial in such a way that we no longer have to carry its weight. Some distressing situations like, well, terminal illness, absolutely. Caring for that disabled relative, maybe your mom or dad, or the death of a loved one. Those are permanent as far as this life is concerned anyway. Some people might find the idea of the ongoing trial discouraging, but the Christian must remember that we are not to handle these matters on our own strength. No, God wants to lift our load. God wants to carry that thing for us. He personally invites every one of us who is weary to find refreshment in him. Read 1 John 5, 3. Of course, all of us would prefer to bypass painful circumstances altogether, but God knows that our hardships, our heartaches, those are the things that we're unable to handle on our own, form kind of a fertile soil, if you will, for our spiritual growth and increasing dependence upon Almighty God. How can we know that Jesus Christ is the burden bearer unless we get under a burden ourselves trying to deal with our thing in our own way? 
and then experience the relief of letting Him carry the weight. Oftentimes, the difficulties God has sent allowed us to have in our lives have been so unpleasant. I know this is true for me that I, I prayed He would remove them. Do it now. However, when I look back later and realize that all my suffering had taught me about God, I prayed, Thank you, Lord. You know better than I did. Thank you for not making it easy. We've had a couple of circumstances that we've talked about on this very radio program. One, the demonic attack. Worst thing that ever happened to me in my life. That was for starters. When it was all over with, you've heard me say it on this show, best thing that ever happened to me in my life other than salvation. It was quite a struggle, but to see God work out all the details. And then my wife in 2012, getting very, very ill, and according to those who keep track of these things, lost life three times, and they brought her back. And after all that time, the intensive care unit and hundreds of thousands of dollars in expenses, he taught some great lessons there. It was awful at the time. So it goes without saying that we all prefer a more comfortable and really a trouble-free life. Wouldn't that be great? But what we have to ask is, do I want what my flesh wants, which is ease and comfort and pleasure and no trouble, or do I want to become a godly person, the one that God wants me to be? Because it's really a choice for everyone listening to this program. At the same time, while hardships are to be expected, we should recognize God never intended that the Christian, this Christian life, should be that difficult. John 16, he wants us to know that no matter what that burden is, when you come to him, he will lift the weight of it if we allow him to do so. Whenever you're dealing with a heavy burden, my friend, turn to Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30 for the wisdom from God. It says, come to me. All you who are weary and heavy laden, that's you, isn't it? And I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. For my yoke is easy, my burden is light. From this passage, we can learn really four major things, and we need to learn them. Number one, to humble ourselves. So hard, and every Christian needs it. It's humbling to admit that you're struggling with a problem. Nobody wants to do that. Why? you got so much pride, you can't do that. Well, I'm telling you, my friend, you cannot handle it. Some people will not let their facade down of being in control. I got this. And insist, I'm talking about Christians now, and insist they can and will handle the situation no matter what comes along. But there are burdens in life that no person in his or her own strength can bear successfully. Why do you think drugs are so prevalent and getting worse every day? Hmm? Years ago, I used to go to happy hour. That caters to people trying to run from inescapable burdens. The world's answers often do seek help by some substance, a new relationship, perhaps a dishonest act or a statement, and none of those things ever work. God's solution, on the other hand, is simply come. Christ is the one-stop place for all of your burdens, my friend. He and he alone is able to deal with your affliction. But first, you must admit that you have a problem. True humility, in fact, occasionally involves, well, more than opening up to the Lord. He may also want you to share your burden with someone else. Maybe someone he has sent your way to help you carry that thing. Oftentimes, that barrier to God's help is that we're just too proud. And then we need to submit 
after talk of <clears throat> after talking about her being heavy laden, Jesus says, "Take my yoke upon you." His audience's first reaction must have been, "Wait a minute." He is making his appeal to people who feel burdened under the weight of life's cares, and he says to take a yoke upon us. That doesn't make sense. The piece of equipment described here was a wooden log shaped to harness two oxen and keep them locked together so that they would share the load. In the scriptures, a yoke also implied slavery or obligation. But Jesus is not speaking about adding to our burden. Instead, he's telling us to submit to his will. Then when we get in the yoke with him, we can walk together and pull together. In fact, when we submit to Christ, our load will lighten because our omnipotent Lord will bear the weight. However, you can't simply cast your care upon the Lord and walk away free. That's not how it works. We must also submit ourselves to Him. And then, after all, what are the burdens? They're not just problems that can be surgically eliminated from life. Rather, they are the way we think and the feelings that weigh us down. The only way the Lord will lift your burden is by getting under the load there. Huh? He must have all of you, my friend. Not simply the problem you want removed as you allow Christ to control you. He will, in fact, be dealing with your burden. And then learn of him. Jesus tells us what he wants us to do in walking in unison with him under his yoke of love. We can move in step with the Lord only as we learn about who he is, which is a prerequisite for our being able to obey him. It'd be a terrible contradiction to think that we could unload our heartaches and problems on God and then proceed on with our life as we want. The reason we live under that heavy weight of burden is that we are not submissive to God, but rather insist on having our own way, right? If a Christian sins against the Lord, the Holy Spirit will convict that person of wrongdoing, and that's important. In order to be released from the weight of that load, the believer may need to make a specific decision to end that whole thing. And then finally, trust. While God does not say he will remove the burden, verse 29 promises what he will give you, rest for your soul. Lugging around a weighty problem is like taking a mountain hike and having a 100-pound backpack strapped on. We become fatigued, discouraged, and can easily start getting into despair. Our caring Heavenly Father offers relief so that we'll no longer be worn and weary. As you trust God and begin to act on His most generous offer for your life, you place yourself in a position to receive His promised blessings. So let me ask you, are you, are you carrying an oppressive burden today? Jesus Christ is offering you another way. And remember, that his yoke is what? Light. It's not going to bend you, not going to break you, will not destroy you, regardless of what Satan and his demons are telling you. On the contrary, submission to the Lord will actually lift you up. Let God take the weight of that burden today. You were never meant to carry it in the first place. In exchange, he's going to give you the Holy Spirit's power to enable you to face any of life's challenges coming your way. Isn't that a great message? So this guy hands a picture to his grandson. This is your great-grandma and your great-grandpa. What do you think, honey? Do I look like them? He shook his head and said, not yet, but you're getting there. <laughs> Won't be long, will it? Hey, for you and me on this Monday, it's one step closer to heaven. We're going to be with Jesus before too long. Amen. You are saved, right? You've trusted Christ as Savior. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Why not do that today? 
Ask God to forgive you of your sins and trust Jesus Christ as Savior. It'll be the greatest day of your life if you do that. Once again, like us on Facebook, Greg, G-R-E-G, Patton, P-A-T-T-E-N. Want to hear past programs last month, last year? Yep, go to gregpatton.com and then hit the iTunes and you can listen to them all. And that's the way it is, Monday, November the 7th, 2022. I am Greg Patton. Again, thank you for being here. Until tomorrow, same time, same place, God bless. You enjoy the remainder of your Monday.